This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Performance Anxiety Side Projects. This episode, I was fortunate enough to be handed an idea from Jason Thompson of Vast Robot Armies. I'm joined by Jason, Jordan Zedarazzi of Blinker the Star, Alan Epley of The Life and Times, and Kelly Scott from Failure. We have a roundtable discussion on the best and worst drummers in 80s hard rock and heavy metal. You may notice a few technical issues during this episode. I did. But the discussion was so much fun that I had to release it. Follow all of us on social media and enjoy Performance Anxiety Side Projects, the Drummer's Roundtable. All right, so tonight on this special edition of the Performance Anxiety Podcast, we're joined by... Jordan Zetter Rosny, Blinker the Star, Alan Epley of The Life and Times, Jason Thompson of Vast Robot Armies, and Kelly Scott from Failure. Thank you guys so much. I hope we can do this more than once, as long as this doesn't go to shit real fast. Okay. All right. So I'm going to kind of, the, the whole idea of this show, as I was just explaining to you guys, is we're going to discuss 80s metal drummers, the three best and the two worst in each, everybody's opinion. And Kelly, you got your hand up. Yes. Well, what exactly are we calling metal? Like, where's the cutoff? Exactly, because I heard that there was... This is a good question. Hard rock was in there. <laughs> yeah, it's like Motley Crue. It changes my list. It, <laughs> hard I'm, rock is in there. Yes. There's a broad brush we can paint with here, but, you know... Uh, and I say this because I'm defending my own pick now, I realize. I realize that I kind of strayed outside of metal for sure because I was just like, all right, well, he's just a cool drummer. Um, so, you know, hard rock. We'll just keep it kind of wide. Okay. Save my own ass. Okay. All right. So, and the only thing, since we have so many people on the line, if as we uh, go on, if we inter- end up interrupting each other and we just lost some – oh. Jason, where the hell did Jason go? I'm here. Oh, there you go. You just became an avatar there for a second. He just figured out that he's got a bunch of rock drummers. <laughs> he's out of here. I'm not going on my phone and doing new research at all. All right. The only thing with so many people on the line is that uh, it's real easy for the audio to drop out if we interrupt each other a lot. So that's the only issue that oh, I, I usually have. Okay. So, all right. So. Let's start with the best, the best drummers, and I'm just kind of going to go how I see you guys on my screen. And uh, since this was Jason's idea, let's start with you. Okay. All right. So I started with this thinking metal, and then I just kind of branched out into drummers that I really dug from that era who played what I would consider hard rock, but it might kind of get out there a bit more. So I'm totally going to get yelled at for this. Will Calhoun from Living Color. Mm. Okay. Rad drum. That is not a heavy metal band. It has harder edge to it, so I might have kind of blown this whole thing right off. 
<laughs> Bending your own. I'm getting group. a head shake on there. They weren't a real band. They were a project. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. That's fair. I think, um, I think we have to get what? back in pick. I would consider him a funk or r and drummer way before rock. All right, Kelly, I think you're going to have to get a little closer to your mic. Yes. Just in the, I mean, let's define a rock drummer. Your hands have to move above this position. Like anywhere here or above makes you rock. Anywhere below. All right. Not rock. Cashing in on what was making money in the These visuals are awesome for a podcast, by the way. Yeah, they're important. (laughs) Uh, All right, Will Calhoun. No, so no, he's, that's the bullshit one. No, I got a replacement. I okay. can replace him if I need to. I got a couple guys on the bench. All right. Next one. Hard to say this one, but he played some cool shit. Greg Bissonette. Again, Jazzbo. Jazzbo. Nice. Jazz summer. <laughs> what the fuck? He had hair. He had, he had hair. That was They were implants. He's awesome. Cue ball. Come on. <laughs> wow. All right. This was very That would be strike two and your family. Oh, my okay, well, goodness. Well, let's just see what this ends up. All right. So then last pick, Mike Borden, Faith No More. You're still stretching the head Faith No More is. He's a great yeah. drummer. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. All right. I, I didn't know Mike Borden's name until the 90s. I don't consider him. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, he did not exist. Um, All right. Let, let's let's keep going, and you can open up a uh, web tab and research while we like loop around with. Uh, All right. Talk about. All right. I'll go. Okay, I'll go back to the kids' table, and okay. I'll come back. <laughs> <in a bit. laughs> All right. So next up, I'm gonna go to the next square, and Jordan, who do you have? Okay. Well. Um, I'll give you two versions of my top three. One is where uh, it's a bit looser with where I can I consider something hard rock and not metal. And then the other list is sort of a pure, you know, I don't think you'll have too many objections to these three guys. Um, okay. Maybe you'll be a little surprised. I don't know. Number one is Alex Van Halen. Yes. Great drummer. I think yeah. he's a, I think the drummers on my list are kind of what I would consider stylists. And his style is playing exactly in sync with his brother. And that's a style unto itself because Edward's such an original. So I put Alex at the top of the list. Um, This is only in the first three years of the 80s he was um, active, but I'm going to say Phil Rudd. Yeah. Um, Back in Black was unbelievable drumming and on the follow-up as well and i think he played on flick of a switch too which i think is a great record not as great as the other ones but certainly a lot of fun and then if we're going to keep it to sort of metal i gotta i gotta say i like tommy lee so i'm gonna put him out there Hmm. now the where i would scratch tommy lee if if the category was a bit broader and including what i consider hard hard rock i'm gonna put tony thompson in there because that record to me, kind of came off as a hard rock record, even though it really is like a funk record with outrageous 
drum sounds and production and stuff, the um, power station record. Yeah, so there, there. That's sort of you know, I, I had like uh, Tommy Lee Slash, but um, honorary mention to Dave Lombardo. So those are my top. All right, Kelly, let's go with you. But I got you. Got to get closer to your mic. All right, um, I'm gonna start with Vinny Appleseed. Vinny Appleseed. Nice. <laughs> thinking about him today. And these, I mean, these, these aren't in, like, any kind of order, but definitely Vinny Appleseed. Um, and then I would have to say Clive Burr, for sure. I think Clive Burr was essentially a really great punk rock drummer that learned how to play. Um, okay. And he had a wicked fast right hand. And then, uh, you know, honorable mention goes to Nico McBrain. Um, because the follow-up to uh, Clive's last record. I had a I had a feeling Nico would would make an appearance tonight. Yeah, I, I, he could have been more than an honorable mention, but I I went and saw him play a couple of years ago, and he's not holding up too well. Oh really? Um, yeah, he's kind of like a weird drunken uncle. Well, did you ever listen to the uh, listen with Nico? He's been doing that for a while. Did he play on rules? Huh? Did Vinny play on mob yeah. rules? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he also did, he did all of the Dio stuff. Any any uh, anything where Dio was singing with another band. Stand up and shout like the first Holy Diver record. Yeah. That record still sounds like really yeah. meaty. I think it was Martin Bird. Uh, he even played in Rainbow for a hot second. Yeah. Um, I think Cozy uh, Powell quit for a minute, and then Vinny came in, and then I think Cozy came back. Cozy was great too, though. And yeah. He played on the. White Snake Records. The... Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I mentioned I mentioned Lars earlier being a crappy drummer. Uh, Master of Puppets and Below. The drum parts on those records are like some of the best metal parts. I agree. Ever. Like yep. he he had a style unto himself, and I don't know what drugs he's doing during that era, but he should have stayed on. <laughs> uh, I or, think you know, we'd no, all agree. Maybe. maybe. All right, Alan. Alan Epley, let's let's go with your picks for the, your top three. Well, I, mine are more stay in the metal vibe of what we were talking about. It doesn't go into funk where Jason was going and you know, all his other, he's trying to take it into other places he wasn't supposed to. And wherever Jordan was going was fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> so I have several here. I'm going to, I have to, since father of the, the fathers of metal, you would call Led Zeppelin. And he's pretty obvious. John Bonham. He's, he's a very special musician all the way around for me. He's, he represents the best of the best and kind of gives everybody their chops. Um, but was he more seventies than eighties though? Oh, was it supposed to be eighties? Okay. So, yeah. okay. So I've already fucked it up. See, man, you and Jason. Jeez. So I, here's what I would say. Tommy Aldridge. Yes. For his work with Ozzy. Yes. And Black Oak. Vinny Paul. Great metal drummer, but you got to love Pantera because it yep. works very well with that. That's that's my thing. I love Pantera. And then just for the uh, Still the Night record, Ainsley Dunbar. Fucking great. Oh, uh, oh yeah. He also Ainsley. played on the first Ozzy record. Uh, Ainsley did? Yeah. They did the demos for free for Ozzy. Same as Ozzy. I didn't know that. 
Oh, yeah. But he was, I know he got caught with uh, China Kantner uh, trying to get into her pants, I think, on the uh, Starship tour. For uh, real. Who wasn't? Well, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. Grace and <laughs> Yeah. Well, they were maybe so, they that was you know weird but yeah, weird family apparently some uh some going down where Ainsley got kind of blacklisted from that but so he was with Starship and all that for a long time so yeah, yeah. that's what I got with Spiker opening up oh yeah man I got pissed on by a Florida Black Panther while waiting at the mall across the street for the show to open up <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, Jason! Do you want a second go at this, or do you want to stick with what you had? I'm gonna stick with what I had because anything I would have picked is not gonna get within that list, or at least it would have been picked off already. The <laughs> only one that I was thinking, actually, you know what? Fuck it! I'll throw a couple out. Why not? All right. I'm just gonna go further down that rabbit hole. Yeah. All right. So obviously, everyone's kind of nailed off like some pretty stellar drummers. So I'm gonna kind of go in a tier that slots below that, but have had an impact and are very much in the metal spectrum. So, Kelly, did you say Vinny piece? Or did you yeah. say Carmine? Yeah. You said Vinny, Vinny so the, D, the D.O. drummer. Yeah, I've always liked Vinny way more than Carmine. Well, i got to put his older brother in there just because of all the shit that he was doing in the 80s anyways, but he's still a good drummer, considering he started in, like, 1968. Yeah. So Carmine, a piece in there. All right, I'll accept but, that. He did the Blue Murder album. And he did a bunch of other like really shitty 80s stuff. I love that Blue Murder album. Uh, I liked elements of it. I, I was, I, of, honest to God, I listened to it two days ago. Blue Murder is John Sykes. Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. Like John Sykes' guitar. And Tony yeah. Franklin. Oh. Tony yeah, Franklin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, he made the firm sound weird, or he made Jimmy sound weird. Oh. <laughs> yeah, wow. I, dude, I loved him with Roy Harper. This is becoming a bass show now. With Roy Harper, yeah. the firm, Blue Murder, everything. I, I love Rod that guy. Rod. Yes. I think he played with Rod Bod on his solo stuff. Oh man, you heard about Rod Stewart too, right? I mean, the, the whole legend of <laughs> apparently had they pumped his stomach around. Two gallons of sperm in its stomach. Can you imagine, how, imagine how much sperm that is? God. I remember that. I was like, oh, yeah. That's yeah, about that's as much as Kelly just loves. lost <laughs> while we were waiting for him on the show. That's, yeah. That's going to take up half my coffee table in volume. Like, <laughs> you know how long it would take to get two gallons of fucking sperm from? <laughs> you could step back to the store in the 80s. That's like, oh, a lot of work, man. That, that is. That dedication. <laughs> Big night. That yeah. is. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'm going to throw out a couple guys, and you guys tell me what you think, because not being a trained musician and not knowing anything about but just listening, I actually liked the Mike Borden pick. Um, I also, I guess maybe because I love the album that I remember him from, Gar Samuelson. And how can you not pick Mick Shrimpton? <laughs> Mick Shrimpton had to learn the entire back catalog of everything Spinal Tap had to do from ninth, the early 60s up until that movie came out in like 80, 81. So I'm, I'm, I'm including Mick Shrimpton. Right. Yeah. Right. A lot of material. So those, it, it takes a special drummer to be able to do that kind of range. 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly doesn't look convinced. All right. So let's let's move on to the worst. I actually don't even know who that guy is. Mick Shrimpton is the drummer from Spinal Tap. He wanted the guys. Uh, yeah, he tripped on his drums and died. But he was act- actually the guy who played him was actually a real drummer who's, from what I understand, fairly decent. But I don't remember his real name. All right, so let's move on to worst. I have no idea what Kelly said. I can't hear him. All right, so we're we're moving on to worst. And Jason just Jason. Yeah. Let's go My on. computer's going to fucking die. And I realized I have no plug here for it, which is awesome. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to throw a shitty drummer before I, like, drop off from this whole thing that I kind of plotted out. Um, so I don't like to speak ill of the dead, but I kind of went for an overrated perspective. And I got to say, like, Eric Carr was pretty fucking overrated as far as drummers go. Yeah. You know, he's yes. dead, and that does suck, and I get that, but he didn't, he, he couldn't follow any tempos. You watch any live shit, yeah. and he's tagging on like 5 to 10 BPM every fucking song, man. Yeah. Being yeah, dead's no excuse. Eric's sick is much better. Eric <laughs> was kind of the same thing. I think the requirement for that band was to just look good in your wig. In your wig, yes, <laughs> that's true. Can you play in boots? Yeah. Big boots and hair. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right, so that's one. You have a second garbage drummer. Oh. Uh, yeah. These were your requirements, don't forget. Three good, two bad. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, well, I had Lars in there for sure, as anyone kind of would at that point. I'm just low-hanging fruit, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm forgetting his name, and I know the band. The guy, the drummer from Slaughter, who had like all the drums with all uh, of the. Elias? He's a great guy. Yes. Drummer. He plays in the Blue Man in Vegas. Is he? He's oh, a badass. All right. But I wasn't he was a huge fan back then. So he, you know, there was the the drum that said space for rent behind him. So he's always had room. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, well. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Jason. You're bombing at your own show here. Yeah. All right. Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I say we, we take, we can't, we got to take Lars off the table because if we're talking 1980s, he doesn't start really sucking for another few years. Is I, I don't think. I think okay. he's, you know. Let me tell you who really sucks. <laughs> I can't wait. I found it really, really hard to think because like, this is an era of like, you know, when the when the producers kind of took over the the, the, the records, and um, if the drummer couldn't cut it, they'd bring in someone who could. So you don't hear like you hear bad drum sounds that perhaps are like alienating um, to our modern ears. But if you go back to most of those metal albums, everything's at least competent, mostly. And I was gonna pick on Ricky Rocket, but you know what? The fucking guy played exactly the parts that should have been played on those songs on the Poison record. So here's who truly sucks is Abaddon from Venom. Oh, interesting. Okay. In the band. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I'm not that. fun to listen to because it is kind of fun to listen to, the, to Venom once in a while. Like, it puts a smile on the face, but um, 
I mean, he's not even close to like, he, he doesn't care. It's like, it's the thrill of like going like this. I'm in a band. Uh, this is our reaction to metal. And <laughs> we, we're just, we just don't care how, how close it is to acceptable. And so I, I, I thought that was a pretty safe pick anyway. All right. Was that one pick or that two? Well, I, I couldn't think of anyone else. I, I thought of like how Ricky Rocket used to bother me until, yeah, you know, until, like just the look of him playing those parts and stuff. But then, you know, if I hear talk dirty, dirty to me on the radio, I definitely turn it up, which I never do. But yeah. Hair Nation on Sirius once in a while, and it's fun. So. Yeah. I, I don't want to pick on him. Okay, so we got we got at least one out of Jordan. Right, Kelly, who are your two? Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna stick with Lars. I'm good with that. He stuck in the '80s, though. Yeah, I mean, he just sucks. I'm gonna blame any good recording from that guy on whoever engineered him. You know what I saw, Kelly? Today was um. Uh, Dave Lombardo sat in for Lars once with Metallica, uh -huh. and it's the craziest sounding thing because it doesn't sound like Metallica anymore. I heard about it's, that. I haven't heard it, and, but and I... Lombardo is dead on. You can watch it. They play two songs, two old songs, and um, just 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 YouTube it later, and you'll see. Like James is the one who's slightly out now. He seems like so whip tight when he plays with Lars. Because he kind of compensates for what Lars does, and he yeah. knows when he's going to kind of hit later, early. And uh, with Dave Lombardo, they're playing these old Metallica songs, and Dave's just like, like right on, and he's just so on, like right where he should be. And you can see like the bass player and Kirk going like, "Oh, this is cool." Yes. Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on here? You know? Uh, who else? Uh, uh, Stephen Adler. Ah, okay. Uh, he, he, I, I will give one caveat. He's a terrible drummer, but when he played with Guns N' Roses, something happened that yeah. was the most badass band in the world. And I never fully realized that until, you know, after he was out of the band, I'd seen them several times. And then we went back and saw them, I think it was like last year when they played he came up and played like four songs and the drummer they have now definitely plays circles around them. But the moment Adler sat in with the band, they became that whole machine that you know totally crazy. Okay. I, I a big part of that record, like he kinda had this like it sounded like he was trying to play like the guy from Aerosmith. Yeah. A little sloppier, but yeah. it kind of worked with Izzy's sloppiness, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No, they, yeah. They, like a weird magic little brew that only lasted for three years, you know? It was, it was total magic. Like, all of them were so out in the perfect way with one another that it created something that you never Like, the, just think of, picture the beat of the main... Introductory riff of Rocket Queen, you know that don't 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 just that's the kind of thing that kind of is working so well. I don't um, know. My, my other guy, uh, my other guy, Greg Corey from Cinderella. 
Ready. Oh, going back to in the 80s drummers that were being replaced he was replaced by the first three integral records okay uh, yeah that blues uh, uh. Yeah. okay okay um, that's where I actually got the first idea to become a professional drummer oh really yeah oh my gosh yeah I can beat that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and that guy's getting money. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so that's kind of like two and a half, I guess. You that got, was great. Four. You got great. more? <laughs> I, I picked up two for uh, anybody else. All right. Well, let's get Alan's and we'll circle back to you. All right. So, Alan, who, do, who have you picked as your garbage drummers of the 80s? Well, Jordan hit it on the head with Ricky, but I, um, cause he was like notoriously terrible to, to track with. And like, I think the sessions took for fucking ever, <laughs> but I saw him last year with cheap trick and poison and cheap trick was opening for poison at out of Tenley park in Chicago or something. That I know backwards. I, it was something don't sound right. However, I, you know how poison has like three or four hits. Yep. No, they have like 15. Yeah. And go, I mean, wow. There and there was eighteen thousand fucking people there too. I mean, it was so. And he's learned how to play. So Ricky was at the top of my list. The other one is um, Dave Holland. He's dog shit from Judas Priest. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's well known that Simon Phillips, in fact, recorded on many of those records <laughs> right. um, for him. They were like, play dumb but good. And so, <laughs> but that's not to say I, that I mean Dave Holland has a certain kind of Phil Rudd vibe to him, which I get, and he's got a good pocket. I guess I've never seen him live, so I, those are my two. Yeah. So that's what I'm guessing. And now he's going to be 69 or something, right? Or he's got to be old. I mean, is Dave Holland still alive? Yeah. I don't know. Jason's looking stuff up. You can look that up for us. And then the other thing I was going to say is. What's his name from, uh, uh, oh, Mike Portnoy. He's a great drummer, quote, but there's, there's too many, too many wrestling shoes and gloves and all this and too many double kicks going on. And he just said, it's too much. (laughs) I accidentally saw him play about eight months ago. Yeah. And he's great. He's clearly great. I'm just like, it's like technical. Yeah. It it was like, it was not my crowd at all. And it was like an artist whose name I've forgotten. You know, he's something in the dream world, the dream theater spinoff world. Uh-huh. And Portnoy, the way they had the kit sort of angled, it was sort of like, this guy's important. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard his name. And I was friends with the sound guy. That's why I went to the show. But the the reverence of the audi- of this audience. They were like, oh, my God, this guy. <laughs> this is, you don't understand. It's this. My God. The way he sort of presented himself. Okay. It's, Tend to agree with that. All, all right. So, well, that brings up a question for me. Since, since we're talking about the 80s and, and guys with these enormous kits, a lot of programming and all was going on in these. Does, does that taint any of any of the answers here where it was um, a lot of programming happening? Since taint and you said big kits, which is another name for a <laughs> Big trucks. <laughs> so does, does that 
influence you guys anyway? Like, like uh, let's say, like Neil Peart. You know, enormous, amazing, talented drummer, but a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of pre-programmed stuff in his, in his shows. Lots, an enormous kit yeah, around him. That's just fun. Yeah, that's sort of it once, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's a different monster. Yeah, it's a different monster altogether, and that's not metal. Oh. Yeah, right, okay. Category, really. Yeah. Just look at me, look at me, look at me for the sake of, like, having a bad childhood. He's actually playing an instrument. Right. So... On any nonsense. Tom Sawyer might have been the last minute where Rush were considered heavy metal, you know, because they kind of were at 2112. Like, yeah. That stuff yeah. was pretty spiky, you know? Yeah. For sure. They stay heavy with signals. Heavy, like, when you listen to it, you're like, whoa, this is heavy. Yeah. Sure, but it's like he got rid of that sort of crunchy tone yeah. for the most part, and the police, the sound of the police was coming in. I, I mean, I love his drumming in the in the early '80s and and those records. That's super cool. Permanent waves and yeah, it's a, and sure. Yeah. All right, so I, I like no one mix. noticed Jason's been gone for like five minutes. I know. <laughs> Good to do. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out later. This is where it was tough for me because it's hard for me to pick out who's a good drummer, who's a bad. You know, more, it's hard for me to pick out who's a bad drummer because I'm just listening, and if I like a song, I like a song. It's just, it's, it's. I don't know. It's, it's not easy for me to always tell who's in time, who's behind the beat, who's ahead, and so uh, obviously there's Lars. I obviously had to pick that. I was debating about this. Because the guy changed because he lost an arm. Rick Allen had to have oh. a whole new set. He's ex- and I would Def Leppard record with ex- and I agree. Which is kind of why I'm, I was a little afraid to bring him up because that's kind of like picking on the handicapped, and you don't want to do that. I put him in the good category. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. And then the last is Joe Mama Besser because the dude blew up on stage. A lot of Spinal Tap. Exactly. <laughs> Those would be my worst drummers. Best and worst are Spinal Tap. Good Lord. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my knowledge of drums. It, it, it's. You know, what I was going to throw in there was Robert Sweet. He's got a dog shit. I saw Striper with Hurricane in Kansas City when they were, they were throwing Bibles. Yeah. Oh. That seems kind of counterintuitive to the message they're trying to get across. Well, you know, they were all, yeah. (laughs) He was terrible. He was fucking dog shit. Really? I I saw Hurricane open up for Motley Crue and that drummer was good to go. Oh, is he? Yeah. Apparently the guys in Hurricane are like Carlos Cavazzo's brother and Rudy Sarzo's brother. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Lou Graham Lou Graham's he in the hospital or some shit? Oh, no. oh yeah, he was. Uh, just recently. I don't have any updates on him, though. Well, I need you. I will get in touch with him his, his, and or his people. All right, there's two guys I wanted to throw out there because I didn't hear him on anybody's list, and I don't know if you guys consider them good or garbage. Um, one a friend of mine, I told him what we were doing tonight, and he said, throw out Andy Galleon from Death Angel. Because their first album came out, and he was 14 years old when they put out their first album. 
I remember uh, that. That doesn't count. It doesn't count? Okay. And what about Dean Castronovo? Seriously talented drummer. He did everything on Shrapnel. Every Shred album that came out on, on like Metal Blade and Shrapnel, the solo stuff, like Marty Friedman, Jason Becker, Tony McElpine, all that stuff. He might be. I, I've seen him on something recently, but I, honestly, I don't remember what it was. Um, you can... He's pretty soulless, but he's... He's mechanical. He keeps up with the guys who you, they're actually trying to feature. Yeah, there's a whole category of those guys that are like a big chunk of the of the drummers that we're talking about, and they're sort of like we respect their technical ability, but they don't turn us on in a musical way. Okay. You know? We just put them off to the side and don't really acknowledge them in a way. Like it's kind of boring to even acknowledge. Okay. Herman the German Rarebell. Herman's the German, that's right. Scores. I love the score things, but he's a really bad guy. I've heard that. I've heard he's a boozy. Yeah. Boozy Susie. <laughs> Is he the guy? Have they had the same drummer forever? Uh, yeah, they have uh, some local guy, an LA guy. Guess, I like, like, when I listen to Blackout, all that kind of stuff sounds great. That's Herman yeah. Rebel. He was their drummer up yeah, he's he's a good drummer. I like his pocket. I like yeah. like those simple fills and that shit. It doesn't take much. And Blackout is the record I think that's pretty banging. That's the one with "There's No One Like You," right? And that yeah. that song. Yeah. That, song okay. that song fucking rules. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Does anybody have anybody else they want to throw out for? Well, good you know what I was just that that kind of drumming that we were just talking about on Blackout. Maybe like two years before, or two to four years before, whoever the guy in UFO was was kind of doing that same sort of pockety, mm-hmm. but on top kind of thing, which was really cool. Which was like, it was like the drumming was like pulling itself out of like the really behind sort of slower beats and was yeah. like, you know, the new wave of heavy metal is happening, these quicker tempos, and like mm-hmm. there was guys who could do that artfully that were kind of part of that like yeah let's just make the rhythms a little snappier you know it's uh andy parker is that who it is yeah like from lights out up until like 78 79 those are really cool i thought uh he played from 68 to 83 good god wow Pete way was the bass player Way. and phil moog's retiring from singing after this little one of the guys died on you know on tour oh my god on this like farewell tour died in the middle of it well that his timing yeah. couldn't have been better yeah really you know that that guy at least got to do it <laughs> after. farewell old Sib Hashin died on a boat too I want to say he was drumming he was drumming doing some Boston yeah. or, or something or no he wasn't doing Boston soon he was doing something else but like yeah. dying had a heart attack way to fucking go I guess god I mean, if you're thinking about it before it happens and you have to choose your method of death, chances are guys like that are going to say on stage. Yeah. That's yeah. a whole nother episode. <laughs> I think I would, I'm not going to go with yeah. Kelly on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, look, I don't want to keep you all night. This has been a blast and we already lost Jason. So um, I want to ask you guys, 
what you guys are up to lately. Jordan, I know you've got some stuff going on. Uh, give me some updates on bands, albums, tours, anything like that. Uh, Jordan, uh, let's start off with I you. I just finished four shows playing with Blink of the Star. Um, that was really fun. That was the first time in six years I'd played, so that was great. That's awesome. Uh, and then um, uh, we put out a record a month ago. That's cool, but I've started a new one. You know, I, I leave them behind fairly cruelly and quickly <laughs> and move on to the next thing, really. Where can, it, uh, where can people find the album, man? Um, uh, Bandcamp, iTunes, wherever. Yep. Awesome. Careful with your magic. That's it. It's great, man. I love it. I've been listening Thanks. to it. I have to buy it, actually. I'm going to admit that right now. I've just been, you know, listening to it probably illegally or something. Oh, that's fine, too. Jordan and I are working on a record together right now, also. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. Kelly played on a record with Jason, Jason's band, Vast Robert Armies, and um, we're mixing and adding sort of final stuff right now. And uh, it was really fun to have Kelly's drums in front of me every day working on that. And I still have Great. And I think... You're- Freak out, Kelly, when you hear it, man. They were just on the uh, on my podcast. Alan, what are you working on? Um, Life and Times is writing, but um, Shiner, my old band, just went back in the studio, and we put together seven songs. So we're we're nearing the mixing phase with Shiner. It's very strange for us. We haven't been together really since like 03 oh, wow. and so it was very strange to start writing after we were doing all these like reunion shows we'd like put out a vinyl and then um do some shows and then kind of getting back to writing is very strange you know with yeah. these dudes. Yeah. But, but it was also very uh normal and natural it was really great awesome. um, and then i have a little two-piece i'm doing with this drummer ian prince the band he was in our band called houston and the story of the sea but it's a two-piece thing so it's bass and drums and I just kind of loop a bunch of shit and then yeah it's actually really great super repetitive and it's great I love it that sounds like something I would actually get really pretty catchy it's, and when do we get a new Life and Times record not soon enough my friend we, so we've written we took some time off too so we've written two songs that we love after like not being able to like find a thing after the last record we like we we're just like uh, you know like about it yeah you know what I mean and so we finally found it and it's and we've written two songs that we fucking love and so but they're like nine minutes long each of them are both so we're gonna have to awesome. cut them down a little bit awesome well, that last record uh, hit me really hard I thought it was fantastic thank you appreciate yeah. it. it means a lot and I'm a new fan of Life and Times Jason turned me on to you guys and. I've just been absorbing everything I can. It's fantastic. I absolutely love it. And I need to get you on, on this show to talk about life and times and what you guys are up to. If, uh, sure. if you're interested in doing that, we'll, we'll hook that up after this show. We'll get in touch and uh, we'll work that out. I like it. Awesome. Kelly, what are you working on besides drums for Fast Robot Armies? Um, I, honestly, I, I haven't been doing a whole lot. I'm about to... A couple new failure songs that uh, I'm going to start getting it together and going out and working up some drum parts for. Maybe we could do another one of these and, and, and change it from best and worst drummers to maybe overrated and underrated bands of the 90s for the next one. If you guys are interested in doing another one, let's let's get it hooked up and we'll, we'll figure out another topic because I had a blast. Like, that's wild and sort of like 
yeah, that would be like an intense discussion because I think it would be a little easier to, you'd have to almost have like a little bigger, the list would have to be a bit bigger because we can really think of a bunch off the top of the head right now. We don't have yeah. to keep, yeah, we don't have to narrow it down to three and two. We can, yeah. uh, we can do top 10. Really interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, that topic, yeah. Well, let's, let's. I, my blood is boiling already. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marcy's playground can die. All those motherfuckers are dead to me. I don't even care. <laughs> Sex and candy. So upsetting for me. I, I just think. That's me going. It's giving Alan the vapors. I've well, got ten minutes on that alone. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. Get, we'll be in touch. We'll we'll work on uh, the parameters for the next show and uh, when everybody's available, we'll get something else out going. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, it, it's great to see Jordan Kelly and Jason again. Alan, it was great to meet you. Absolutely. And, uh, Great to meet you too, Alan. And Absolutely. All the way around. Kelly, Jordan, Mark, thank you. My yeah. pleasure. My pleasure. All right, gentlemen, have a good evening. I'm going to finish my beer, and then I'm hitting sack. Cheers. Good night, guys. Good night, Cheers. guys. the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.